Schwab Advisor Services is proud to support the RIA Edge podcast and equally proud to support independent financial advisors like you. In a challenging year, how did 68% of firms surveyed in Schwab's RIA benchmarking study meet or exceed their new client goals? By following key success factors, such as leveraging new technology, adapting strategies to win new business, and stay connected with their clients, while also attracting and developing the right talent. The Schwab RIA benchmarking study is just one of many ways they provide you with the insights and resources needed to succeed and grow. Get the full picture at advisorservices.schwab.com. Welcome to the RI Edge podcast. This is Mark Bruno, the Managing Director of the Wealth Management Group at Informa. And we are very excited to have our first RI Edge episode of 2023 with not one, but two very well-known and influential individuals in the RIA and the wealth management space. Delighted to have Natalie Wilson, who's the CEO of AssetMark, and Barrett Ayers, who is the CEO of Adhesion Wealth. Natalie, Barrett, thank you both for being here today. We're very excited to have you on the podcast. Happy to be here with you. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. No shortage of things for us to talk about here. Um, you've had a busy you know, second half of the year and a busy winter, you know, bringing your two firms together. And excited to go under the hood and learn a little bit more about you announced in June, Asset Mark was going to acquire Adhesion Wealth. Um, and it, the deal obviously closed in December. Um, so clearly you figured it all out in a month. Um, and we're very much looking forward to how you're bringing these two firms together. But before we get into you know, how it's going and what the vision is for the future, I think it'd be great, you know, Natalie and Barrett, if we could just give a little bit of background on you know, not only both of your roles, but also just your experience in the industry. Um, so Natalie, maybe we could start with you. Uh, if you just give a little bit of background, please, for our listeners on your background, your experience, and your focus at AssetMark, please. Absolutely. So I am CEO of AssetMark. I have been CEO at the firm for just about two years now. Um, prior to that, I was Chief Solutions Officer at Asimark, and what that means is I basically split my time between uh, technical product management and development, financial product management and development, and strategy. Um, so a big part of that was the strategy to uh, make sure that our advisors are able to grow, compete, and succeed at any size. One of our pillars, one of our strategic pillars, is to meet advisors where they are which means that we at AssetMark have to be flexible enough to serve the needs of various different types of advisors. Um, and our team needs to make sure that we're expanding our services as our advisors' needs change. And I led that prior to being CEO. And now I work with an incredibly talented team of people who uh, work on that with me every single day. And one of those people, uh, as of December of this year, is Barrett. Um, and so I'll let him introduce himself. It's exciting. Thank you very much, for that, Natalie. And it's, it, I've obviously been very familiar with Asset Mark and a lot of people on your team you know, from a distance, but this is the first time we get to talk. So thank you for taking the time in advance and excited to learn more about the Asset Mark and Adhesion story. And Barrett, with that, if you would mind just a little bit of background on your role, uh, at your experience, and also Adhesion, please. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And uh, thanks, Natalie. Appreciate that. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually the CEO of Adhesion. I've been the CEO for the firm for five years now. Interestingly, uh, a little bit of kind of foreshadowing, uh, my role prior to being CEO was also the Chief Solutions Officer here at, here at Adhesion, um, and I was that I was in that role since 2004 when we founded Adhesion. So prior to Adhesion, interestingly, I've I've worked uh, exclusively in the RAA and uh, RAA kind of support community. I started off. Um, as a head of investment strategy at an RIA. And it's really through the experience of being at an RIA and understanding some of the operational challenges 
rebalancing accounts and managing client relationships, things of that nature, that I came to realize how inefficient uh, some of the operational infrastructure was at many REAs and kind of put me on the path to developing a platform that can help advisors grow and scale their businesses. Excellent. Appreciate it, Barrett. And congrats on the partnership with AssetMark. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about maybe leading up to it. And Matt, Natalie, we could start with you. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm familiar with both companies from a distance, but I'm curious if you might be able to just start at the beginning here for our audience. Um, what was the primary motivation? Uh, what drew you to adhesion and got you both to the table talking about a potential partner? Many, many things, many aspects of adhesion are really attractive. Um, Barrett and team have built a fantastic company. At its heart, though, is taking a look at the needs of RIAs and how those needs are different from that of broker-dealer affiliated advisors. When when AssetMark started, our client group was largely broker-dealer affiliated advisors, and those advisors typically have a need for their platform, the platform provider they use, to focus very deeply on due diligence and to highly curate the investment solutions that are offered. And they like us to do that because they like us to save them time and effort and then also increase the um, attractiveness or the um, performance of the investment solutions they deliver to their clients. In short, by partnering with a platform like AssetMark, we become their due diligence provider. And because of the breadth of our platform, if they grow unhappy with an investment solution or a set of models, um, they can switch to another one on the platform that has been thoroughly diligenced as well. Yes, that's a helpful distinction there, and I appreciate the 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 history too. I just I'd be curious also if there if there was any sort of pre existing relationship or partnership with the company, just out of curiosity. As large as the industry is, we all know it's only getting smaller with every day that passes. Yeah, absolutely. So certainly, we were familiar with Adhesion um, and the excellent services that they provided to RIAs and other TAMPs, um, but there was no pre existing relationship because Asimark is in the business of curation and adhesion is in the business of marketplaces, of open model marketplaces. So we offer two different ways to help advisors scale. At AssetMark, we help advisors scale through diligence and filtering of strategies. And Barrett and team offer advisors ways to scale through outsourcing of technology within an open marketplace. And so what we felt, what Barrett and I felt was there was an opportunity to bring these two capabilities together to have a full service offer, uh, offering for RIAs. And Barrett, is there anything else you'd add to that? Uh, yeah, so I think Natalie nailed it. Um, and, and we had known each other, some of the leadership team at AssetMark casually over the years, as you mentioned, the industry is probably getting more smaller than it is anything else. And uh, we'd known each other and I certainly had a, a great degree of appreciation, respect for the company. And I think, you know, Natalie said something earlier and she may, uh, we may talk about a little bit more, but, you know, core to asset mark is really meeting advisors where they are. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that so much. And there was so much overlap in their visions and values and mission and ours. It was really unbelievable. So when we came to the table, we were talking about how incredibly complementary and synergistic this relationship had the potential of being. And I think in, in extension of that, it was really, how can we help the advisor audience? How can we help end investors? We saw it as being so complimentary, both in terms of you know the marketplace that we serve, 
um, the services that we offer. And also really importantly was the culture because going through a transaction, we knew we were going to have to rely on the, the culture quite a bit. And we really saw things the same way. And I was so impressed by some of the things Natalie said out of the gate. And it really resonated with the things that I told my staff and my client and anybody, frankly, who will listen. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm curious. And I appreciate the context there because from you know, the outside looking in, and we covered the deal on wealthmanagement.com and I've read several stories about it. It seems complimentary, but hearing you both provide the additional color and context really helps fuse the strategy uh, together and bring it to life. So thank you for that context. Yeah, Natalie, I'd, I'd ask just one question about, I'd love to get your take on this too. Obviously there are you know, complementary businesses, right? But if you were to step back and look at it from the perspective of one of our listeners, um, what does this partnership between Asset Mark and Adhesion solve for specifically, right? So putting yourself in the seat of one of our listeners who's a Magic partner at a seven hundred and fifty million dollar RIA. What did what problem does this partnership solve for him or her now? And Natalie, we'll so, start with you. Yeah, absolutely. So at the heart of both Asset Mark and Adhesion's value to advisors is a concept that outsourcing more leads to better quality of life, higher quality services to clients, and faster growth because advisors can focus their time and their clients or financial planning needs on business development and just on servicing. And so bringing together adhesion and asset mark means that clients of, you know, broadly speaking, asset mark, including adhesion, can derive that scale in the way that makes the best sense for them and their business. In addition to that, advisors can no longer have to choose between curating everything or model market placing everything, and they can do both. So for different parts of their business, if they'd like to outsource more, either because it's an area of investment management that they don't feel comfortable with or requires a level of service that they would rather not invest in, they can outsource that part to Asimark and still have a great relationship with Adhesion where they're doing the investment selection on their own. And so as Barrett said, one of our core values is meeting advisors where they're at. And now we have a menu of services to offer advisors. And that menu of services, we hope, will continue to expand the incremental operating margin and incremental growth that we deliver to advisors. Just a couple of statistics, and then I'll hand off to Barrett. Outsourcing with AssetMark creates 14 points of incremental operating margin for advisors on average. If you compare our advisor's operating margin or average operating margin with that of the industry, there's a 14 point difference. In addition, 91% of the advisors who outsource to us tell us that they've achieved accelerated growth in total assets and better relationship with their clients. And Barrett delivers the same thing, but in a different way. And now an advisor doesn't have to choose one way or the other, but instead can do both. And then Barrett, I'll hand off to you so you can give a little bit more detail about adhesion. Yeah, and I think I think it's great points. I think you know it all starts from our perspective. Is you know where is the industry going? And you know if we believe that the industry, to Natalie's point, will start to embrace outsourcing even more, um, and you kind of look out and you plot where the industry is going and the industry forces and what's happening in the market. You know with you know inflation and you know volatility persisting, and obviously that leads to fee compression. And that then eventually inevitably leads to advisors having to do more with less. Uh, you know, the invariable, the, the inevitable conclusion you might come to is that um, advisors are going to need to figure out how to outsource. And so, so Natalie's point, 
you know, we're just an extension of the type of outsourcing that advisors can choose from. Whereas before with AssetMark, it was for it was a little bit more curated. Uh, now they simply have the ability to do something that's a little bit more open architecture. At the end of the day, uh, it's still outsourcing. It's still delegating key tasks to uh, AssetMark, AssetMark Adhesion, uh, and then going to focus on the things that are really important. And we think with persisting volatility, the need to go out and speak with clients and handhold and develop better financial plans and plot out the growth of uh, whatever the investment objectives are for their end client, that gives them more time to do that. And obviously it helps with uh, operating margins as well. So there, there then you have the definition of growth and, and scale for that large RIA that we may be speaking to. Yeah, that's incredibly helpful. And for me personally, I've done, and we just recently did a project through Wealth Management IQ last year, a research study where we looked at investment outsourcing over the last you know, 10 years or so. Um, and it, it's definitely accelerated. I think the most interesting thing to me wasn't that 40, 41% of firms we surveyed were outsourcing you know, their investment management. It was really the diversity in there, right? So some were outsourcing all of it. Some were just outsourcing a highly specialized piece of it. To me, when I hear you both talk about this partnership, it just presents you know, the next step in the evolution of options right, to advisors who are thinking about how to grow, um, how to be more efficient, and how to scale their operations. And those that did outsource, to your points, um, were much more focused on doing more business development, spending more time with their existing clients, the things that are a little bit more natural to a financial advisor as opposed to an investment advisor. So I like it when things line up and when there's consistency. And Natalie, thank you for using some data, right? We like data-driven interviews here on the, the RA Edge podcast. You know, with that, I, you've talked about kind of where the industry is, right? I'd love to get both of your views on where we're going here and what the vision is for the future, you know, bringing asset mark and adhesion together. So Natalie, maybe we could start with you there. As you look out ahead at 2023, deal closed, you know, a month ago. Um, so obviously there's still work to do here, but what is the vision and what does the future look like for these combined entities? Yeah. So first I'll start a little bit with the opportunity, then I'll, I'll hand off to Barrett to get to the specifics, you know, um, in an effort to be continually data-driven, there's another statistic, it's actually a JD Power statistic that I think is extremely important and very germane to the asset mark adhesion deal. And it's that 92% of financial advisors feel that they need technology to compete, but only 41% believe that the technology they use is at all useful. And so what's absolutely essential to Barrett and me as it relates to the bringing together of asset market adhesion is that we create a client experience that takes, saves advisors time and effort and helps them scale, uh, and then also delivers enhanced services to their investor clients. And by bringing the power of adhesion and asset market together, we not only feel like we have a full menu, but also the potential to build a technology that's differentiated and built for purpose for advisor scale. Because um, competing in a market that's aggregating, where size leads to some strategic advantages, uh, which is certainly the, uh, the industry we're in now, helping advisors who are trying to achieve that scale um, get there in a way and get there quickly and in a way that serves their clients is clearly core to what Adhesion and Asimark need to do and want to do. Uh, so Barrett, I'll just hand off to you to talk about the, the details of what we're trying to do together. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it more tactically, um, you, you know, part of our, uh, we've kind of got a multi-phased approach on how we plan to integrate and, you know, create a tremendous amount of value to our advisory community. You know, the first phase, to your point, 
you know, the deal just closed roughly 30 days ago. So uh, the first thing we're doing is we're kind of aligning uh, both what I would say corporate and commercial operations. So obviously asset mark with, you know, fantastic infrastructure, taking advantage of uh, the folks that they have there on the corporate side. And then you know, on the commercial side, there's obviously um, a, a tremendous uh, footprint there. And so the ability to kind of align uh, both of our external facing organizations and try to figure out what that means together, uh, how we come to the market uh, is something that we're going to be spending some time on the first phase. You know, the second phase is we're going to be, and I think Natalie just kind of mentioned this, we're going to be working on um, some, you know, I would call it light technical integration we have two different uh, you know, applications and desktops and ways that advisors interact with us. And so I think sharing some of the data uh, from those two uh, experiences so that we can have kind of a, a collective client experience, I think is going to be really important. And then finally, I think in the third phase, we're going to we're going to talk about more deep integration, more full functioning integration. So advisors can you know, have one experience effectively to access a common model marketplace through a, a unified advisor uh, interface. So that's kind of the three phases um, as we see them today. And I think it's important to note, too, that um, for the foreseeable future, Adhesion remains uh, a, a commercially independent standalone business unit. Uh, we have our own brand, our own brand identity. Uh, executive team is is intact and you know highly, highly engaged. Our advisors um, are really excited about the transactions, see the same synergy and and uh, and complementary nature of the transaction. So uh, it's now about going out and speaking to our clients in a little bit more depth and, you know, plotting out what the potential opportunities and listening to the market as well. I think that's a really important part of it too. Good to know. And I think you know, just a final question on, you know, the vision and what the future looks like. I am curious, you know, the world is a very different place in January of 2023 than it was in January of 2022. Um, and I know we tend to like to look at things in 12 month, you know, bite size increments, but looking back at 2022, it was obviously a remarkable year in the markets and for RIAs, um, that that growth is harder to come by, arguably, than at any point in the last decade. Um, I'm curious, when you look at the way markets performed last year, when you look at the potential right, for performance in 2023, how much has that change the conversation for RIAs around outsourcing, not just their investment management, of course, right, but technology as well. Has it you know, motivated more people to be looking at it because growth is harder to come by? Or you know, are they a little bit more focused on managing you know, their, their, their businesses you know, more effectively internally and figuring it out once we get through you know, the next six, 12 months or however long you know, the markets may be in a downward or a sideways trend? So Natalie, let's start with you there. Curious to get your take on how or if the interest um, and movement towards you know, outsourcing has changed over the last year. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, in so many years, 2020, in so many ways, I should say, 2022 was a historic year, not just on the market side, you know, fixed income having the worst year and yeah. recorded history and all of that inflation. But if you look at financial advisors and you look at financial advisors, they're they're not just investment advisors. They're also business owners. And last year was the confluence of three factors that made it extremely challenging for financial advisors. You had markets that were that changed rapidly and were difficult to understand, which meant that advisors needed to spend more time and effort with their clients. Second, you had a, a pretty much relentless decline in equities and an early sharp drawdown of fixed income. And most financial advisors are fee-based in their pricing. So that means their revenue came down throughout the year. 
as the amount of services their, their, their clients were expecting went up. And then with inflation and a tight labor market, their costs also went up. And so from a, from a business, a pure business perspective for advisors who are trying to deliver incredible service to their clients in a year where investors really needed it, it was a challenging business year and a challenging investment year. And both of those things in part can be solved through outsourcing. You don't just get investment management outsourcing when you outsource at AssetMark. Um, you also receive business consulting services and back office support, um, which help you uh, not just with the, you know, the revenue side of your business through growth, but also helping you manage the expense side. So all of those trends, the complexity of the market, as well as uh, pressure on expense and pressure on revenue, lead to an environment where outsourcing is a fantastic solution for advisors who want to remain independent. And so what we've seen is an uptick in advisor inquiries, but given that they were spending so much time with their clients, which by the way, is what we'd encourage advisors to do in tough years, it was difficult for them to act on those yeah. inquiries in 2022. Yeah, and that is exactly why I asked the question. I think strategically, philosophically, it makes more sense than ever, but it also comes at a time where your capacity might be at its lowest right? levels right. uh, on record. So it'd be interesting to see how 2023 shapes up. And then my final, final question um, is not related necessarily to asset market adhesion, but just to M&A. You know, there's so many people on our, uh, we've had on our podcast over the last year and a half that have been both buyers and sellers. Uh, a lot of our listeners you know, are listening to this podcast because they're potential buyers or they're potential sellers, or they're just sort of at the beginning of their M&A journey. You know, based on your experience, I'd be curious if you could just leave our audience with maybe one or two best practices or pieces of advice. If there's a listener out there who's considering sale of their business, maybe not tomorrow, right? But at some point over the next year to two years, what are some of the things that they need to be thinking about from a potential partner? And maybe more specifically, what are some of the most important questions to ask? So Barrett, maybe we'll start with you on that one. Um, and then Natalie, come to you for the last word. Yeah, well, um, sir, and we have, and by the way, we have these conversations with advisors all the time. It's mm -hmm. they're literally happening every day. And to piggyback on the kind of the, the last question you asked and, and Natalie's response, you know, with MA and some of the activity maybe drying up a little bit more than it did in 2022, advisors are looking for ways to really, really clean up their books and make sure that. Uh, their their bottom line, their balance sheets are really tight. We hear this, uh, literally, we're getting calls probably every other day from advisors at a time where typically inquiries are a little bit slower. So, and I think Natalie mentioned these, you know, the fees are obviously declining, not only from uh, a crowded marketplace, but also from uh, the market just generally declining and, and fee-based erosion at a time when they've got fixed costs, tight labor markets, as Natalie pointed out, expensive staff and a difficulty around replacing uh, uh, staff. So you've got this you know, flat to increasing expense line with a declining uh, revenue line, which absolutely makes margins collapse. And like any other industry in the history of the country, you know, at some point, specialization comes in and outsourcing starts to take hold. You know, you think about like the medical community and the, you know, doctors obviously don't make their own scalpels or, you know, produce their own pharmaceuticals. And at some point, advisors start to come to the realization that they don't need to hold everything, especially in this, you know, shrinking and almost collapsing margin environment. So, so we talk, we, we tell advisors that, look, you know, it, if you're not interested in cleaning up your, your balance sheet and some income statement types, 
tightening, then you know M and A might be an option. Uh, but to do that and to really look at the multiples, the things that really really enhance multiples, it's about cleaning up the business too. Whether it's through you know succession plans and uh, also tightening up uh, the way investments are run. We hear this all the time. Advisors are saying, look, I'm thinking about an exit in two to three years and trying to maximize terminal value. What do I need to be doing? Uh, and it's really about, well, geez, if, if every single client has its own portfolio managed by you specifically, then what's that going to look like to some potential acquirer? So starting to think about enhancing uh, the margins and also starting to align portfolios in a way that's maybe a little bit more scalable, which is really where the outsourcing message comes in and really hits home. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great piece of advice. And Natalie, I'd uh, love to give you the last word on this. If there's somebody out there who's on an M&A journey right now, um, let's just say as a seller, um, there might be a year, two years away, thinking about internal versus external, thinking about what does the right partner look like? What are some of the most important questions for that individual to be asking themselves? So the first thing I would just say is make sure you as a seller understand what it is you're trying to achieve from your exit. You know, what is it that you want your investors, your clients that you've probably, you probably know personally and have a lifelong relationship with to experience through the acquisition? What is it that you as a talented leader want to make sure that you have as part of the acquisition? Maybe you want to sell out entirely and, and, uh, and move on to the next chapter of your life, or maybe you want to continue to work with clients that you have these deep relationships with for a period of time but you don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore, you know, potentially some combination of those things, but make sure that you really understand going in what it is you're trying to achieve, both financial as well as personal. I think, I think the financial outcomes sometimes are the easiest thing to, yeah. to determine. It's, it's the softer things that take a little while. And then the second thing I would just say is don't be afraid of a market environment like the one we're in right now. It gives you the opportunity to make changes for your clients because the environment's not great. You know, you and your clients are probably having conversations about repositioning portfolios and thinking about things differently. That gives you a, a great opportunity or environment uh, to make these changes at a time where clients are, are leaning into change a little bit more than they might normally be. And then the last thing I would just say is, you know, make sure you have a real and honest assessment of your business. You know, our businesses are like our children. It's hard to look at them objectively. And so hire a consultant or, you know, work with um, somebody in the industry that you trust so that you know what is um, to your advantage about your business and maybe some things that are lesser to your, you know, in a less way to your advantage. If you do those three things, um, especially the first, uh, you'll have great outcomes. Yeah, that is a, a great piece of advice to land on. That's one of the things we try to do at a macro level with the podcast here is at least give our audience a framework for what are the right questions that I should be asking myself. It is hard to do an independent assessment of your business. I agree. It's probably a lot like your children. <laughs> they doesn't have any flaws whatsoever um, right. and wouldn't change a thing. It does help to bring in, obviously, external voices and uh, you know, consultants, as you recommended. And that's actually a, a huge focus of what we'll be looking at at the RA Edge face-to-face -face event uh, on May 21st through May 24th at the Diplomat in Hollywood, Florida. So we'll have a lot of those consultants there, and we will be going pretty deep on understanding your options and also doing an honest assessment of your business. Uh, but for now, Natalie Barrett, thank you so much for taking some time out here. Like I said, I think our audience was familiar with, obviously, the merger from a distance, um, but I don't know that we necessarily 
got into the why, right, um, at a deep enough level in some of the you know, news coverage that was out there. So this is incredibly helpful. Appreciate the deep dive. It was a pleasure getting to spend a little bit of time with you both. Thank you. I really appreciate uh, joining you. Um, uh, thanks for the invitation. Yep. And thanks very much, Mark. We, I appreciate it as well. And thank you to our audience and our listeners for stopping by the RA Edge podcast. Again, the RA Edge main event is coming up, believe it or not, uh, in just a few months, May 21st through May 24th at the Diplomat Hotel in Hollywood, Florida. And we'll be talking more and more about investment outsourcing, M&A, human capital, all of the things that are reshaping the RIA industry, and more importantly, you know, powering the next generation of growth, the RIAs. So on behalf of the wealth management team here at Informa, I'm Mark Bruno. Thanks for stopping by the RIA Edge podcast. Take care. Schwab Advisor Services is proud to support the RIA Edge podcast and equally proud to support independent financial advisors like you. In a challenging year, how did 68% of firms surveyed in Schwab's RIA benchmarking study meet or exceed their new client goals? By following key success factors, such as leveraging new technology, adapting strategies to win new business, and stay connected with their clients, while also attracting and developing the right talent. The Schwab RIA Benchmarking Study is just one of many ways they provide you with the insights and resources needed to succeed and grow. Get the full picture at advisorservices.schwab.com.